Amen. Good. All right. If you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, I want to take these last minutes here. And I want to encourage you that what God did for you in whatever area through the truth that was given to you this, this last week in particular, that God means to build on it. In fact, I would love for us to be able to have our last testimony chapel at the end of the school year here and for us to say that the conference wasn't the high point, that these last two months were the high point. That's what God's will is. God really it did move in hearts and brought a lot of uh, truth home to you that practically helped you deal with uh, so many different facets of your life, but that's all for you just now to move forward. But you know, there's one, into, one personality that doesn't want you to move forward. And I think it is very important for us on a regular basis to remember that Satan is opposed to what God did in your life. And so, in particular, these days right now, um, you will sometimes see, or you will probably inevitably see, a spiritual attack. And probably some of you could already testify to that. Well, we all know that Ephesians 6 is the great spiritual warfare passage, and it comes at the conclusion of this book on the church and the, and the tremendous position that we have in Christ. It's an amazing uh, book that way. And so, just like we get stirred as God moves in the church, we need to realize that God's warning us that there is a titanic battle going on. And uh, so we need to realize that, uh, that uh, right now uh, we are in a place that we need to be very sensitive to spiritual uh, attack. And uh, Satan has all kinds of devices to undermine what God did in your life. And so I want to look at the conclusion of the spiritual warfare passage, the armor uh, passage. And we often look at this verse, but I think it's very, very helpful. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You would have thought that the final verse of the armor section would have said, go fight, attack. Well, actually it does. It does. But you see, the temptation is to take even the armor passage and then think of what we can do. And so the prayer conclusion is very significant. And so my challenge to you is, yes, be aware of spiritual battle, but the most important thing is, is stay in that relationship we've been talking about. Christ needs to be real to you. There needs to be that nurtured, wonderful, ongoing relationship with Him. And so I want to look at this verse just to look at prayer again, and I want to just simply divide it up by the words all, or always. Verse 18 again, praying always. How often should we pray? What's the timing of the prayer? It is all the time. Uh, Luke 18, 1, And He spake a parable unto them, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, I believe to be able to live in this kind of reality, you must have an extended time as you start a day. I think 
Most of you already understand that. You start the day off, self-dependence, just get going, got too much, you don't stop, rest your heart, get into praising the Lord and waiting upon Him and getting your sins dealt with and really understanding the spiritual battle, looking at the promises of God and so forth. If you don't take time to do that, you're not going to be allowing the Spirit of God to have control, and He is the one that enables you to pray, as we're going to see in this, in this passage. So you have to have definitely a time. But the key to the, of the Christian life, especially in this matter of the battle, is that you need to have a prayer mindset. Don't we have a secular mindset in Christianity today? I mean, really, isn't that what we battle? It's just so many things distract us. That's why we talk about uh, all of the distractions and things that just make us very earthy, very temporal in our thinking. And one of the things that you ought to ask God for is, Lord, make me spiritually conscious all day long. That's really what praying without ceasing is. Aware of God and fellowshipping with Him and uh, talking with Him. And you know, the verses that we are all familiar with in the New Testament about prayer all the time, that emphasis, they are not hyperboles. They are not nice little ideas. We are made for God. The deepest satisfaction in our soul is that fellowship with the Lord. And so God means what He says, as He does, of course, with all Scripture. Luke 21, 36, Watch ye therefore and pray always. Acts 2, 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Romans 12, 12, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Well-known verse, Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Colossians 4, 2, Continue in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray without ceasing. So that means then, we need a spiritual consciousness all the time. Let me just say this, if you have a spiritual consciousness, you're going to win the spiritual battle. But if you are coasting in neutral, not bad, not going the wrong direction, just sort of surviving and, and have not had the time with the Lord, where that, there's that spiritual sensitivity, that's when Satan can begin to pull a, us away from that ground that God has given to us. And so there's not a time that we don't need to pray. I love uh, Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, our ultimate position as Christians is tested by the character of our prayer life and how true that is. And so we're not talking here about formal prayer, we're talking about fellowshipping with God in prayer at all times. And so our deepest desire ought to be to have fellowship with the Lord. You know, we often use the example of George Mueller as a man that really saw God work and yet saw tremendous answers to prayer. Uh, and certainly he was an example, but that's the way we all should live. And the secret to his life, of course, was his love for the Word of God, his total surrender, and his, and his just belief that what God put on his heart, he could believe God to do. He said, I spend hours in prayer every day, but I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk and when I lie down. I pray when I awake. The answers are always coming. Thousands of times have my prayers been answered. When I am persuaded that a thing is right, I am praying until the answer comes. 
and uh, it is a wonderful thing. I always remark after our week of uh, prayer, and we take some time to fast as speakers, that come out of that time, you really are spiritually conscious all the time. And I think, I've got to do it a whole lot more. You know, we're so busy. Uh, it's an amazing thing, but it is just a, 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 such a blessing to have that spiritual uh, awareness, and it can, it can happen. I would encourage you when you can, obviously with schedule it's very difficult to do it, but when you can take some time to really get alone with God, that will really aid you in this matter of having a heart open to the Lord on a regular basis. Now we all know we should. But don't you just go in neutral, how easy that is? And that's a dangerous position. That's what I'm trying to get, get you to see. God will enable you to be uh, conscious of Him on a regular basis. And I know many of the key times where I've had burdens, I remember specifically the first miracle bus that we had. And uh, God had put us on our heart to, to believe God for that bus. It was a real challenge uh, for us at that point. And uh, I remember when I got a call the night before we had to have the answer by 9 o'clock the next morning um, that the uh, corral had uh, come to complete confidence. I mentioned this the other day at the banquet. Uh, and uh, I said, oh, great. No, I did rejoice on the phone when I heard that. But then I thought, oh, my, uh, we got to see this happen. And then the Lord just smote me. That, you know, I've already given you confidence. And I remember going to sleep just conscious of His presence and just resting in Him and knowing that He was going to do something. Woke up talking to the Lord about it. That's the Spirit of God. He'll do that for you at times of crisis in particular. And of course, five till nine, we get the answer for the bus. Happened to me through this conference. We had no traction on that offering. How are we going to get this thing off ground zero? And God had very clearly told me to, to, to talk to you all about it and to the church. And I remember all throughout the conference, how even I was listening very closely to the preaching, I had that consciousness of that. And then God, you know, 20 minutes before the service on Thursday, tells us of a real miracle uh, that looks like it's going to happen. And then, of course, a miracle offering, and, and on we go. And then further offerings have come in. And, um, but I just want you to know it's, just an, it's an exciting thing to be in tune with God. And I, and I hate it whenever I get too distracted with other things to lose. It's terrible when you lose that fellowship. Well, you can look at the, this uh, verse, and it has different facets of prayer here. Back to verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. So you have the idea of simply asking. Um, uh, supplication has the idea of gen, uh, really entreating, and then perseverance has the idea of continuing on. And all of those aspects are part of, uh, you know, of prayer. But I want you to note the key thing here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication, what's the next three words? In the Spirit. I know I've said it over and over. But if you want victory in the spiritual battle, and you want victory in learning how to fellowship with God, it's not just self-discipline. Now it doesn't hurt. I have things, some, I've had put things on my phone, I've had different things around to remind me to pray. That's okay. But you know, that's not going to do it. 
there has to be the continual submission to the Spirit of God and the awareness that you need Him. I'm telling you, one of the best prayers you can pray throughout a day is help. <laughs> it's a very good prayer. Spirit of God, I can't do this. Get me back into spiritual mindset. Um, take a big breath sometime before you talk to somebody, before you step into the next thing you do and say, Lord, I've, I've lost contact here. Help me. And He will. He will. It's not some big formula. It's just a, you know, you just decide. You know, if you want to stay in fellowship with your parents, what do you do? You decide to go talk to them. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And uh, the Lord, but you've got to have His enabling. I remember years ago when that little phrase just hit me, and it revolutionized my prayer life, in the Spirit. He's the one that prays through us. He prays with groanings that cannot be uttered. He enables us to get to the Father through the Son. It's an amazing reality that we have this one called alongside. And He can keep you conscious throughout a day and continue to awaken you to your need uh, for the Lord. And remember the temple, what was the Lord so upset about when they were doing commerce in the court of the Gentiles? What did He call the temple at that point? House of Prayer. Instead of reaching the world through the testimony of the temple, they were, they were uh, causing great, uh, uh, just horrible corruption to go on there. And where's the temple now? It's right here. So where's the house of prayer? Not the church. You. Do you realize you're the house of prayer? The Spirit of God just, I mean, honestly, you've got fellowship all the time potential. You talk about a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that's reality. You have the opportunity to have Christ manifested in your life moment by moment. You don't have to have a, a great moment to have it occur. It is an ongoing thing. Now a key thing here is the next point and that is the tenacity of prayer. Praying how much always. And then with all perseverance. This is where I think so many Christians lose. God tests us often in what we pray for to see if we are genuinely going to believe Him and not just use Him to get what we want at the moment. God wants to grow us through prayer. God wants to cultivate our faith. He wants to develop that relationship. And I can tell you in many things He's going to bring you, He'll always bring you the answer if He has stirred you to pray it, but many times it's going to take some time, especially in praying for other people. And it's really sad when we faint, because the will of God to be accomplished is accomplished through people that align themselves with God's will and pray, and then the Spirit of God moves the omnipotent arm of God, and it's tremendous what happens. God has worked it that way. It's, a, it's really in a mystery in many ways. But we're to continue in prayer. We should have perser perseverance. You have, of course, the importunate widow that continued on night and day, and, and the judge gave it to her. And if, and if that judge that was unjust would do it, a God that loves us, obviously. Keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Keep on seeking, and ye shall find. Keep on knocking, and it shall be opened unto you. John Newton in one of his hymns says, Then let us earnest be and never faint in prayer. He loves our importunity and makes our cause His 
care. You've heard, I'm sure, the illustration about the woman who lost a very, very expensive diamond brooch in a hotel and she got home, she remembered it and uh, she called the hotel, she told the manager what happened, he went to look for it. It took quite a while, they, they looked thoroughly and he found it and uh, he put it in the safe and then he returned to the phone to let her know the good news and she hung up. You know, how many Christians have missed the good news because they stopped praying before the, the true answer came? I can't emphasize this enough and that's one of the reasons, young people, you gotta keep praying throughout the day. It's not, uh, it's not like you don't believe that God isn't going to answer, it's just that you're resting in Him, you're communicating, you are expressing your faith that He's going to work and uh, you are believing it and you're not giving up. I can tell you sometimes you feel like you're the only person praying about something but you just aren't going to give it up because it's too important. You know, people pray for a revival. Well, there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of ways that revival is anyway. But the problem is people give up if they don't have something happen right away then they get a little bit disillusioned. Totally wrong perspective. God will answer your prayer according to all that He teaches and all that He's impressed upon your heart. He will answer all the time if it is the right thing. And you will know in your heart that it's the right thing and you must not become faint-hearted. And uh, but here's what I want you to see that's very interesting. And that is the target of prayer. Was it the lost? Was it provision? Well, certainly you could put that in here. Now I'll look back at one more time at verse 18. Supplication for all saints. Let me tell you, where number one prayer ought to be is for God to revive people that are under your care. Remember, a revived Christian is going to equal a lot of people getting saved. Now, should we pray for our top five? Absolutely. I prayed for a number of lost people this morning. I mean, it's vital. But I'm telling you, my main emphasis this morning was praying for people in the church, for some of you here, because those lives, when they're right with God, multiply. God just does marvelous things. And... Uh, how many of you have a Christian you're praying for and right now it just seems like you're getting nowhere in that prayer? Can I see your hand? Probably everybody would raise their hand. Have you given up? <laughs> or you believe in God? I, I'm telling you, I could go for the next hours and tell you the miracles that happen in people's lives when you pray. And you know what happens when you pray for an, another believer? The love of God causes you to really... Uh, just see those people a totally different way. That's why, by the way, you ought to pray for believers that you're struggling with. It'll change your total attitude. You won't have any problem. Bitterness will go away. You'll get the, the love of God. That's the greatest way you can love your enemies. And uh, pray for, uh, but pray for other believers. You know, most of you have siblings. How much do you pray for them? Are they really in revival? If not, man, you ought to be in your face before God every day, and you ought to be thinking about it all day long. Not in the desperation, but in the persistence. And you know what God will do? He will answer. You will see things that are, will amaze you in their lives. Your Sunday school class, your Bible studies, your disciples. Disciples are a real challenge. And you've got to pray through the crises in discipleship. 
and on and on it goes. I'm telling you, when you become pastors, fellas, you have got to pray through the people in your church. It will change your attitude toward them, and you'll have confidence that God will work, and you'll have heavenly transactions that you will see eventually become real when you pray. And so uh, we need to, uh, need to pray that way. Well, Satan is on the attack. There was a great military disaster in the Middle Ages, most of you know from your history lessons, Charlemagne. And Charlemagne had a great defeat at the Pyrenees. And it's narrated, as you probably remember, in the Song of Roland. Roland was the commander at the rear guard of the, of the army there at that battle. And uh, he was beginning to be attacked greatly. But he was too proud and too involved in what he was doing to ask for help from the rest of the army. If he had asked for help, his, his section of the army wouldn't have been slaughtered as they were, nor would Charlemagne have probably had the loss that he had. And young people, do you realize that Satan never needs to have the victory? Pray without ceasing. Don't get too proud to think you can go on yourself. Humbly depend upon him every moment you need him. You don't want to walk without him. Let me just conclude with this. We had a little bit of that in the reading last week, but it always touches me, 1 John chapter 1. John, who no longer was the disciple that put his head on Jesus' shoulder because Jesus was in heaven, he was not sorry because he said, I want you all to have the same fellowship I have with Jesus now. I mean, it was real to him. Why did James, the half-brother, humanly speaking, of Jesus, why was he known as Old Camel Knees? Because Jesus was real. That's why he was on his knees. How do you think that early church went forward in such unbelievable power? Praying without ceasing. And that's what this generation can be. So keep the fellowship. You know, God's overwhelmed you at times with his love these last few days. Don't hold on to the emotion. Just keep depending through prayer. Let's bow for prayer. <clears throat>